Now, why does it make it much worse? You're asking, right, Chris? Do you think that you know more than all these pundits who are talking about how great it will be for the housing prices if we have higher interest rates? Yes. <laughs> and so will you after you listen to this because it's logical. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Women Creating Wealth. Today, I want to talk to you about inflation and its relationship to home prices. I think that the reason that they raised interest rates is because they felt like housing prices were too high and so they wanted to lower them. Well, that doesn't really make any sense. Even though if you read like Investopedia and places like that, you'll find plenty of people telling you that the higher interest rates are, the lower home prices are gonna go. And that does work, but only if we've already in a stable market. Unfortunately, in most of the country, we were in a market where there was not enough inventory and rising interest rates actually makes that much worse. Now, why does it make it much worse? You're asking, right? Chris, do you think that you know more than all these pundits who are talking about how great it will be for the housing prices if we have higher interest rates? Yes. <laughs> and so will you after you listen to this because it's logical, okay? It's logical. What do you learn in Economics 101, one very important law called the law of supply and demand. Now that law basically says that the less supply, the more demand, and the more demand, the less supply, right? It's just an inverse relationship that makes a lot of sense. If there's a ton of supply, then the price is going to go down. And if there's not enough supply, then the price is going to go up. And with housing, when you're coming off of a period of time where the interest rates were quite low and then they very quickly double, people are not going to want to move. Let's talk about where do we get new real estate supply? If it's all about supply and demand, then where do we get new supply from? Well, there are a number of places where you can get new supply, but first let's be make sure that we're all on the same page. The kind of housing inventory that I wanna focus on today is the kind that most new investors and most first-time home buyers would be interested in. And those are the smaller homes, less expensive homes. You know, in, in Massachusetts, that would be like home prices less than half a million dollars, which believe it or not, in a lot of Massachusetts is that it is a low priced home. The median value for homes in the Boston area is now $540,000, more than half a million dollars for the average home. So that's where we are in real estate world. So how do you get new inventory? Well, for those type of homes, one way is that people would need to move to a larger home. So they're like, okay, I've got this smaller home and now I'm having more kids or whatever. And so I'm going to move to a larger home. Well, normally what will happen is you sell that house and then you take the money and you go and buy another house and you know, the, everything, all things being equal, you probably are not going to have a much higher monthly payment. But unfortunately, when interest rates are almost twice what they were when you bought that property, your monthly 
mortgage payment is going to go up dramatically. So instead of selling your starter home, you're probably just going to want to add on to it or do something else. Maybe you'll finish the basement or make some kind of improvement so that you can live there a little bit longer rather than doubling your monthly expenses, rather than doubling your monthly housing expenses. One of the reasons that those people are having trouble moving also is because the people who would normally be making inventory available to them. So there's like, you know, a one or two bedroom house or, and then they, now they need a three or four bedroom house. Well, some of the people that normally would be moving out of the three and four bedroom houses and leaving them available for those people who are upsizing, those people aren't wanting to move either because they have a situation where if they downsize, right, they're going to downsize and try to get a house that's smaller than the one they have. But now they're going to do that and their monthly payments are actually going to most likely be more. So they're thinking, okay, sure, you know, heating or cooling prices are going to be a little lower. But in general, when you factor in the cost to move, it doesn't make sense for people to sell their home in order to downsize. Another group of people that would sometimes be selling their homes so that maybe you as an investor or even a first-time home buyer could buy them, those people are people who are moving. In most of the country, the rental prices are also going up. So where it might have made sense for someone to just go ahead and sell their property where they are, they might say, geez, you know, I'm going to move to this other town. And because my interest rate is going to be high, I'm going to have a kind of a higher payment. So instead of selling the little house that I have here in Tingsboro, Massachusetts, and moving to Atlanta, Georgia, I'm going to rent that house because rental prices are high. My personal expenses are low because I've got a low interest rate. And that money that I make on this investment, plus all of the tax you know, advantages, that's all going to help me to pay for my new more expensive home here in Atlanta or wherever they're moving to. So now you've just got, found another demographic who typically would be freeing up inventory to add to the supply, and they're not doing it. Um, that's obviously not across the board, but in many cases, they're not doing it. So who's left? Who is left to want to sell their property? It's like just people who are incredibly desperate. So it's people who have the type of lifestyle change where they absolutely have to sell. One example is people who've had a lifestyle change, like they've, they're an older couple and they live in a two-story home that's too big for them. And now one of them is not very mobile. They can't do the stairs anymore and they're in a wheelchair. So in some cases, I mean, some people are just going to put those little handy lifts in that get you up the stairs. But in many cases... Couples are just going to say, you know what, we just really want to simplify. We want a one story like ranch or something. So they're going to try to find a place for themselves to move into. And eventually, hopefully they'll be successful. And then that property will free up. The Another lifestyle change is actually more of a death style change, right? Some people just pass away and the whoever the house is owned by, you know, whoever they leave the house to, doesn't need it, doesn't want it. So they'll just sell it. And it's a great time to sell, right? Because I mean, most of the country prices are, are going up. So that's one demographic that you can count on. People are going to die. And when they do, there's a good chance that 
well, there's probably about a 50-50 chance that some family member is not going to want to keep the home and that they're going to go ahead and sell it. So that's not a lot to hang your hat on, unfortunately. Uh, and other people that might definitely need to sell are people who, for example, are in condos and they need to upsize, but they can't because they can't add on, right? They can't add on to their condo. <clears throat> so they're just going to have to move to a place where they have more space. There again, though, because of the rising interest rates, they might decide that they'd rather hang on to that condo and rent it. So what can, what can you do? The last group that would ordinarily be adding to the supply are builders, people building new construction homes. But what's the problem with that? Well, ever since COVID, building material costs have been really high. And for some reason, all the laborers raised their rates. Actually, not for some reason. It's because their building was going on like crazy. So there's not enough people building homes, not enough like carpenters and plumbers and <clears throat> electricians and people like that. So they all raised their rates because how can you decide who to work for when there's 50 people calling you? An easy way is just to raise your rates and see who can afford you. You can't blame them for that. It's really, again, supply and demand, economics 101. So you've got people, home builders, and they're paying more for the land because all kinds of prices are going up. They're paying more for their materials, more for their labor. And now to add insult to injury, if they're getting any kind of a loan, they're paying more for their money, which means they can't afford to build starter homes. It just doesn't make sense economically for them to build starter homes. They're going to end up building places that are bigger, more luxurious, a higher ticket item so that it can help offset the cost of the land, or they're going to do some type of a, of a development where they can put a whole bunch of condos or apartments on the same piece of land with the same, you know, roughly the same amount of work. But, you know, that's crappy for us. That's crappy for any individual investor who wants to buy single family homes and just doesn't know where to get started. So, what does that mean? You may have to get really creative and you may have to buy in, a, in an area that's outside your like comfort zone. You might have to buy something that requires work. And because of the aforementioned higher labor costs, you might end up having to do some of that work yourself. The good news is that every time there's a condition like that that gets put on the market, the people who can fill that condition go down. So in theory... If you go out, so this is what I'm encouraging you to do as an ending to-do list item for the end of the podcast. Go to your, go to a, a site like realtor.com, put in a state, an entire state, like your state that you live in, and then put in a cap, like 100,000, 150,000, 200,000, a fairly low cap, and you will see property come up. You will see houses go on the market. Now, some of them, are basically going to be set sold for land. I saw a, one this morning that I was looking at and they wanted like $250,000 for it. And when you looked at the picture, there was no roof. The house had had a devastating fire. They said, maybe you'll be able to salvage the foundation. Maybe you'll be able to salvage the garage. But for the most part, you're just going to have to tear that puppy down. That means you've got not just the house of rebuilding this thing, but you've also got the cost of tearing it down and disposing of it. That doesn't make sense for most people, especially if you're just getting started, because you're not going to have the expertise to do that. 
But if you look, you might find places that are really small that would be perfect for like a short-term rental situation. You might find places that just need a little love. I actually saw a place earlier today. It was sitting on almost four acres of land. It was in New Hampshire. It was near up a lake. So it has gigantic Airbnb potential. It was 500 square feet, a nice small place, had a little porch. It was all wood, rustic sort of thing. Perfect, perfect, perfect for an Airbnb scenario. And like I said, four acres of land for under $100,000. These deals are out there. And the best way, of course, to find a deal like this is to find it yourself, to drive by a house that's falling down, find out who owns it, get to know them, talk to them, and show them how you can help them while also helping yourself. It's always best if there's something for them as well as something for you. And if you're very open and upfront about what is in it for you. So that's it for today. I want you to challenge the belief that you might've heard in Investopedia or some other place that rising interest rates are going to bring housing prices down. And if that's been keeping you from getting into a, like a fix and flip type of situation, don't let it hold you back. Do your market research. And there's an excellent chance that you are going to be able to fix that property up, assuming that you do it fairly quickly. Although because there's not much inventory being added, you, you've got some time, I think. And create a good scenario for yourself. Make sure you run all your numbers really carefully. And actually, let's talk about that next week, running the numbers and making sure that the property that you're thinking of buying is going to pay for itself, for the repairs, pay you back, including the cost that you're going to have to borrow the money. That's it for today. Have a fantastic week and figure out what you can do today to take a positive step toward getting some passive income flowing into your pockets. Even if it's not like 100% passive, at least if it's something that you didn't have to work at a day job to get, it's probably worth pursuing. See you next week. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.